Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm at the round table by myself right now, staring this big 767 alone until my late brothers get here. But it's all good. I'm ready to do this. Everybody um, in the chat room right now, because I don't have anybody to check off on, so let me know. If everything is clear, make sure you can hear me. Um, I want to make sure that I'm not choppy, especially since, you know, I'm on here by myself for a few minutes. So let me open up this chat room real quick before we get everything started, uh, just so I can know what's going on. But anyway, uh, welcome to another show. The NBA playoffs are underway. So, of course, we're going to talk more hoops, just like we did last week. But we also got to talk the return of Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> so make sure you keep it locked right here as we talk about this and everything else happening in the world of sports. Look, man, if you want to get in on the conversation yourselves, just make sure you get in the chat room, the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about Two minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. But before we get started, as I tell you every week, just make sure that during the week, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show. I'm at WarRoomSports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google, and most other places you do your podcast listening. Um Man, it's been an eventful week on all fronts. Um, I know the people, uh, the the got, the Game of Thrones people are really excited. It's like a whole new world. They waited almost two years for that to come back for for its last season. And boy, has the excitement been off the chain, especially on social media. Um, Myself, not a uh, fan of the show. Not I'm not gonna say not a fan. I just don't you know, I haven't watched it so I don't know about anything. But I actually tuned in for, you know, the episode that came on this past uh weekend. And and that was 
odd. You know, everybody who I know who watches the show, uh, Jimmy the Blueprint included, you know, were telling me, oh, I know you were lost, but, you know, I wasn't really tuning in to try to catch up on eight seasons that I never watched. I just wanted to, you know, I didn't have anything to do, so I decided to go ahead and check it out. And it's hard to be completely lost in today's day and age because because of social media, I pretty much know everything that's going on in that show anyway. So, you know, just watching one episode this late in the game and being privy to a lot of Game of Thrones conversations, um, it wasn't terribly hard to follow. I will admit that I fell asleep, but it had nothing to do really with Game of Thrones. It has everything to do with the fact that you know, I'm on old man status right now, and every time I sit down and try to watch something, um, that's pretty much what happens. So, uh, Game of Thrones peeps, don't take it personal, because it was not personal. Um, not a knock against your show. I just, you know, <laughs> it just happened that way. And I'm trying to get this chat room open right now. I'm having sort of a difficult time. So who knows if everybody out there can even hear me. I usually check off on my people in the chat room to make sure that everything's going right as far as my audio is concerned. But since I'm having issues getting the chat room open, I don't even know if that's the case or not. So bear with me here. Hopefully everything is good on the audio side. Hopefully you guys aren't sitting there listening to a bunch of um, chop chop while I try to get everything together. But if you do, if you are, please forgive us. Please forgive us. It is not intentional. Yeah, the chat room is doing something funny right now, so I'm not going to be able to check it off on those folks. Uh, All right, let's see if that works. All right, anyway, we're here to talk sports. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch it up anyway. Yeah, I'm going to switch it up anyway just to make sure you guys can hear everything that's going on here. And um, hot topics today, as usual, are brought to you by my bookie. Let's talk real quick about how much money you can make betting on sports at my bookie. Man, if you're lucky, you could have won that $1.2 million that the guy won betting on Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. This past weekend for the Masters, but I don't know if y'all got that counter. He bet $85,000 for a $1.2 million winning. But look, the NBA and NHL seasons are now in playoff mode, so if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time for you to go ahead and do that. Just make sure you lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys tired of getting a runaround from other services when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay, no hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game start. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. 100%. Just use promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. What's the daily B. Austin? Be Austin in the house. All right, so um, um my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother. <laughs> no doubt, man. Look, 
the 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 big cat back in the driver's seat, man. Tiger Woods wins the Masters this past weekend. This is his first major championship in 11 years, following all the the personal problems that he had, the the physical problems that he had. Um, this is his first Masters in 14 years, but altogether, this is his 15th major, major championship and his fifth Masters win. Um, he's sitting currently three major championships behind the great Jack Nicholas. Yo, we talked about this for years as this whole thing broke down. Like, we were privy to we everything that was going on. Where were your thoughts? Because I don't remember. We um, talked about it a lot. I don't remember. I think, were you be? Were you one of the people that thought he was never going to win again? Of course, absolutely. I, I still can't believe. I mean, listen, this is a part of, for, I, I can speak for myself, probably you as well. This, to me, is what sports is about. I mean, it, even it's, it's in, a, in, a, in a way, it's about what the human experience is about. You can look at it secularly. You can look at it sport from a sports perspective. You can look at it from, from a biblical perspective. Whether you're talking about David and Goliath, the, prod, the story of the prodigal son, whether you're talking about Jamal Crawford going for 51 at 50 years old, Tiger Woods <laughs> comes back after 11 years. And, and, and listen, when you hear about the number of injuries, First of all, how you get that injured playing golf, I have no idea. But the number of injuries that he has had to battle. To well, it's obvious that Tiger here. played more than golf. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he played too. No, I um, it's a, pull it's a couple a, muscles in his favorite pastime. Fatal <laughs> <laughs> masochism. Um, I, I just, I'm so. I'm so happy. The only thing that would make me happier than than this would be if he did a Russell Wilson. You get it. Bars. But, I mean, I can't. Yo. <laughs> yo, salute to him, man. It, 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 it's amazing. And, and the other thing that really is a testament to how far he's come as a human being, you remember when Tiger, used, they used to get after him because he would make so much noise cursing and being yeah. obstinate and during on the course, they said this win, nothing but silence. When when the when the reporters came to him, tears in the eyes and a hug for, for his dad, and that and that was it. Like, yo, the dude has gone through so much to get back to here, and even getting here is different than the here he was, where where he was at eleven years ago. So I. Yo, I can't help but feel like, yo, I'm I'm happy for the dude, man, and and that's enough of a blunkin for me. But yo, man, salute to Tiger. I never thought I'd see the day that you would be back on top. I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be rooting for you. But yo, I, I can't, man. Yo, this goes up there with the eighty-one, dog. Yeah, and yo, I, everybody. I, 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 and, and let me know what my what my audio is doing because I'm switching back and forth. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I, that's why I asked because I thought I remembered us having some arguments when we were talking about this whole thing. My yeah, whole thing was, happen. yeah, as, as good as he was, you know, back in his prime, I was just figuring there's too many golf tournaments. It's just that the odds are with him 
you know, to to at least win. Like when people say he wouldn't win another one ever, I'm like, come on, he would. He gonna at least win one more. And I'm I'm still rooting for him to go ahead and win four more. I, I, now that I pretty much don't see happening. I would love to see him yeah. win four more and just surpass um, Jack altogether because you know he's he's in the argument of whether or not he's the greatest golfer who's ever lived. But there's some straight up numbers people, and they're you know they're going to be like eighteen is better than fifteen, eighteen is better than sixty, eighteen is better <laughs> than seventy. So you know yeah. I, I need him to go ahead and win that. And for me, it's no longer even about whether or not Tiger Woods is black. Because shout out to Skyview in the chat room, he was like after the <laughs> Kablajian nonsense, <laughs> I can I can care absolutely less about anything that Ninja has to say or do. Um, how your daddy going to be named Earl and you try to disqualify your blackness. And I, and I feel that. I feel that. For me, and I, and I guarantee it used to be 100% about that. And knowing, you know, the way that he, I, I wouldn't say he all out, straight out tried to duck his blackness, but he got to a point where he was tired of the media calling him a black golfer. And I'm like, yo, hey, that's what you are in a white man's game. Like live with it, but Yo. he didn't want to live with it. So for me, it's no longer Yo, about that. Scott, it's more Scott, so yeah. like, it's more so be for the fact that like I would have never given golf a half a second of my life if it weren't for Tiger Woods. So I was like, you know, I started off rooting for the dude. I'm not going to disown him, you know. Uh, nah, and his I'm, whole I'm, I'm, troubled I'm, past that that got you know everything started like when the black chicken sight, but it's all good because the Tiger was. He was being, he was being a hundred percent man. He was being a player, so it's all good that there were no black chicks to be, you know, to to fall victim to his game. Yeah, I'm cool with that. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. But um, I'm rooting for him, man. It, it, but the story I mean, that you I'm, I'm, this way. I'm 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 definitely rooting. I'm definitely rooting for him. And and for me, sports is that one place where the racial divide and and the conversation about white supremacy exists 1 million percent. But it's also a place to me that transcends all of that on, on, on certain occasions, man. Like if you, if you are engaged in a sport and we plan as human beings, we plan as men, I, I, you know, I can appreciate a man, a human being, or or a woman for that matter, just someone who is a master at their craft, who overcomes, who, like, all of that stuff moves me spiritually. And so I can look past a lot of times, a lot of times, not all the time, a lot of times look past race, and this is one of those instances where I just see him as a participant in a in an amazing sport, a, a sport that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, but I recognize the tremendous feat, and and it's to be saluted. And as I said, yo, Skyview, shout out to him if you know if he goes the way of Russell Wilson, then I'll start wearing Tiger T-shirts. But I don't, you know, some of our listeners won't get it, and I'm not here to explain. Speed up so I don't have to slow down, and uh, you'll get it. But um, yo, man, salute to him, man. So it's an amazing comeback. I too you don't feel like he'll get him, man. Jack Luke to Earl. Salute to Earl. Salute <laughs> to Earl. 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 Earl push for this, man. Um, 
Earl, it, Earl, only Earl I recognize is Jr. <laughs> and Listen, Boykin. And and I didn't even get to you know because I'm not gonna front. It's it's definitely a Tiger bandwagon thing. Had I been home and heard that Tiger was in the lead, you know, in the final day and had on his red shirt and he was getting it in, I would have turned to it and watched it out. You know, watched it play out. But um, I happened to be at the time at a you know seven eight uh, eight eight U baseball game, so we heard the news. And all the black people in the crowd were like excited, like yeah, Tiger got another one. And then we all stopped, and and damn near at the same time was like, even though that dude don't mess with us like that, like so we acknowledge it. <laughs> like we got real hyped for a minute, and then all just stopped being hey, man, excited. Hard, then we're yo, like, almost, even though yo, almost passed out. Yeah. almost passed out. Yo, because <laughs> we had to go. We literally like. Was like little kids jumping up and down and then stop. Like, wait a minute. Like, Bo don't mess with us like that. <laughs> oh, my God. But um, Jim Nance said that uh, this is the most mem- memorable moment of his broadcasting career. That's a big deal because Jim Nance is one of those dudes, that you, you know, he's a Bob Costas type. Like, he's one of those cats that you think of. Like, big sporting events, you hear Jim Nance's voice. Even in golf, you hear his voice. He'd be whispering, but you hear his voice. So he said um, the on Sunday, he was like, it was the best event I've ever covered. He said it's been 48 hours since it, since it ended. This was, of course, two days afterwards. And he said, I'd say it's going to feel about the same 10 years from now. He compared it to uh, he compared it to his to Tiger's first major championship since I'm sorry, he compared this, which was, as we all know, Tiger's first major championship since uh, 2008. He compared it to Jack Nicklaus's 1986 victory. Um, He said with one difference. He said while Woods was in the last grouping on Sunday, Nicklaus was ahead of another four groups. So he said Sunday basically had the scene at the final hole. So it made it more dramatic because Tiger didn't go first. Like and with Jack, you know, he go in the earlier grouping, he finishes before, and then he just has to wait to make sure nobody comes up and passes him. So it kind of takes the drama out of everything. But um, but um, this one, since Tiger was last, you know, in the last grouping, it made it way more dramatic. Yeah. So shout out, like 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 we all said. Um, it's, it's good to see the dude back in the winner's circle again. Um, I said the winner's circle like he was a horse or something. Anyway, uh, your man Russell Wilson, speaking of him, he got an extension uh, from the Seahawks. I don't know if you guys remember from last week, but Russell Wilson had given the Seahawks a deadline of like midnight, April 15th. He gave them a tax, tax day deadline to get a deal done or otherwise he wasn't going to um, negotiate the contract any longer this year. So he got a four-year, $140 million extension, $65 million signing bonus, but $107 million of the contract is guaranteed, which now makes Russell Wilson the highest-paid player in the NFL. Russell Wilson, who everybody believes is a cornball brother, <laughs> he announced it by going on his live like while he was in bed with Sierra 
with like Getting five chains around his neck. Like it, it was kind of weird. Like you know, we got a deal, y'all. Did you kind of feel like? Yo. we'll talk about the contract in a minute. But did you kind of feel like it was just too much? Like people share too much, in my opinion, on social media. Like no matter how famous you are, I don't really need to see you and your lady laid up in bed. I don't even know if you had clothes on because what we saw, you know, we saw covers and we saw skin. So I'm like, is this too much? Like, all right, man, you're rich. Well, I mean, you if you want to, if you want to take the context conversation to there, yeah, of course, everything is too much. These everybody, Dev, everybody under the age of 35, for real, for real, based on social media, is corny. Like you're all corny because you're you're at some level, you suffer from what the uh, great poet and philosopher uh, John Jackson, a.k.a. Fabulous, said, like, money ain't the root of all evil. Attention is. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what we're dealing with. So that's what that comes from, like, with, with Russell. And Russell is one of those people where, at this stage of the game, I feel like sometimes, based on the Cornball Brother label, he feels like he has to validate his coolness you know i don't want to say validate his blackness because you know he did a revolutionary act which you and i know what it is but we, we, we won't get into that like he did a revolutionary act most brothers aren't, aren't up for so salute to him for that but he knows the perception of him is that he's the corn he's he's the cornball brother and so i think he he overcompensates for that but just generally speaking the world is too enamored with giving us a view into their lives via social media. Like it's stupid. The world, Craig. So the world. The world. Yeah. I mean but Salute to Sierra. I wish I could have seen her goodie. Being <laughs> being bars. Being you know, giving a view, being semi transparent, like that's one thing. But, you know, I I can't see like there's no way on God's green earth that you're ever going to see me in any videos on social media laying in the bed with my wife with, you know, just skin showing. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's getting weird. Like, I don't live, you know, just like you and, and both of us, we haven't in decades. We don't live where we're from. So, you know, a lot of people even ask me that, like, you know, why do you post your kids so much on social media? Because a lot of their family would miss them growing up if not for that. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. that type of thing is, is kind of what kind of the main thing that I use it for now if it's not related to, to war room sports. But yeah, some people just be doing way too much. Like we don't need to be in your bedroom. Shout out to you. Congratulations for, for, for getting that money, being the highest paid player in NFL history. Now that title, you, we know that comes with whoever gets the contract last. So yeah, that's whoever goes after cool. Russell Wilson will be the highest paid player in NFL history. But what do you think of his contract in comparison to what you think of him as a quarterback and a football player? Um, it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I, I think that Russell Wilson is borderline elite 
and it's not it doesn't show in all the numbers. It doesn't show in all the numbers. Um but he's more than just a running quarterback, a game manager, as some people try and make it out. Like his efficiency, his efficiency is crazy. Now, is he a pure passer of the football? No, but we live in a day and time and age where you can get it done as a pure passer, but you can also get it done as a Russell Wilson type of player. And so I think for for the lane that he occupies, he's he's relatively he's a, he's he's borderline elite. So I'm okay with the number on the contract because comparing guys in his lane, I think he's been way more instrumental in victories and winning than other guys that may put up, you know, huge numbers. Like compare him to a Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is not a bad quarterback. In fact, he's he's elite arm talent, but he's not the performer. He's not the clutch performer that um, that Russell Wilson is. You know, and then you're looking at other guys. You know, when 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 Sam Bradford can get 21 million a year, then why not Russell Wilson? You know, that's kind of my my take. Right. I mean, for me, I mean, in last season, you know, the dude had 35 touchdown passes. He had 34 the year before. Um, he's never going to give you the, yeah, he's never going to give you the super high yardage that you're looking for. I think um, he has been a 4,000 yard passer before. He had two seasons where he, you know, just went over 4,000, almost hit 4,000 the year before. And last season it was around 30 four, almost 3,500 yards, um, but at a 65.6% completion clip. Um, so, yeah, I've always thought that the way a lot of fans viewed Russell Wilson, you know, I've, I've always thought he was a little bit overrated for the way that they view him. And, you know, in this league, and not even just in this league, just in this society, the way people are, you know, once you get that Super Bowl ring, um people just look at you differently, not even taking into consideration how it was accomplished. Because back then, Russell wasn't really, you know, the catalyst for the team. It was it was the defense. And that Super Bowl was decided long before dude even threw for 50 yards, let alone the, the 200 that he ended up getting. But yeah. since that defense has started to dissipate, like you go for years maybe 2015 to last year 2018 like this team doesn't stand a chance without Russell Wilson and things he does especially moving he, outside he of the pocket and the plays yeah plays he definitely he definitely makes plays either with his legs or escaping the pocket and looking downfield um I, you know is he top 5 absolutely not absolutely is he top 10 eh, some years some years he's, he's he's top ten. Some years I would put him as high as eight or seven or eight. Other years not so much. But I I understand why this contract came, and I'm okay with it, based on where I see other guys ending up with more money or or equal money. And it's like this is you know this is what the market is in this day and age. So I'm not I'm not mad at it in hell. The guy that some Eagles fans consider 
the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time, which obviously clearly isn't the case. He never passed for 4,000 yards. So, you know, we've seen guys that are considered <laughs> elite can't hold a candle to Russ. You know, so yeah. I'm, I'm when, okay. when you say that out loud, though, you're going to have to say, well, football has changed this game now, but they're going to forget how they used to clown because Andy Reid would never run the ball. <laughs> Even when we had good run backs, he would never oh, run dro- the ball. Yo, you know, people would drop their ball back 50 times some, some game. Yeah, so so shout out to Russ and, and Sierra and Little Future and their other kid. Um, you know, Future <laughs> been getting hammered on online ever since this happened. Um, but his son, you know, in the photos of them signing the contract together, he looks happy. <laughs> he, a very rich father. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And I don't know if this was real or not. <laughs> but I heard a few weeks ago that Sierra and Future were beefing because Sierra wants to change Little Future's name to Russell Wilson Jr. <laughs> Yo! Yeah! Oh! I hope that's not true. Because I've seen, like, I think in yeah! this instance, like, I'm pretty sure Future, you know, probably not the great greatest dad. But it's, I, I find myself defending dude sometimes because it seems like he really trolls with this situation. I have I only saw that report once, and it was a you know those websites you never heard of. You know, they kill the future. That would be the ultimate troll move. Like you would have to. Yeah, that yeah, would disrespect. You had to OJ somebody. <laughs> like, come on, you can't do that. Yo, yo, that's the OJ. That's the OJ. You can't do that. We're not saying we condone it, but we understand. Like, the OJ. You can't do that, man. You cannot do that. All right, so let's go to the phone lines real quick because this next segment is going to be quite interesting. So let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie uh, Tobias on the line calling him from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll down. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's Much good? Are you? Man, if I had y'all hands, I'd cut mine off. But uh, here's the thing, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, first is Russell Wilson thing. It's all you're right. When you win a Super Bowl in the NFL, you're a made man. He has a Ben Roethlisberger type career, where it's that you want this for your quarterback, where he didn't have to be the savior day one. Had a great defense, damn good running game with Hall of Fame running back like Ben had with those things, and so he was able to grow. So once those the defense and the running back gets old. He he able to be ready to perform and be that guy. And many young quarterbacks don't have that luxury. And I think – and who knows how Russell Wilson would have been if he was throwing in and say, hey, you have no defense, no running game, and an idiot coach, go for it. And and, and I say, well, you know, and and I think that helps. But you had to pay the man. You got to say, Jimmy. Yo. Gee, with that a half year of playing football – to get $27 million a year, Russell Wilson should get that money. Yeah, that wasn't even a half a year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah. He'll yeah, play mean, a good half against the Jaguars. He gets a back deal. I'm like, but, yeah, but people mad at Russ. Smith <laughs> Roethlisberger is a great comparison, though, because they did kind of come in on the same under the same circumstances where a defense kind of carried them to their first title. But they were able to learn 
you know, and mm-hmm. grow in the position enough so when that defense was no longer tough like that, you kind of assume the role of leadership and, you know, the person to, to kind of lead and carry the team. Um, Roethlisberger, of course, over the course of his career has had way more help, in my opinion, than Russ Wilson has, uh, had or has yeah. on the offensive end. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mad at over the, last, over the last three years, over the last three years, all they do is just pick the fattest people in Seattle to go play line for them. Them dudes ain't real, ain't real football players. He be running for his <laughs> life. Skyview said defensive ends have figured out that reverse spin. It's a wrap for that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and like in Dallas, for example, team-friendly deal, in my saying is they should have given Dak a new deal after that first year. Before it's just in case, you know, and uh, so they're in a, they're in a pickle. But people tell me he should take less money to do. I don't think Dak's that good at all. But guess what? Take every dime you can get. If you can't find some offensive lineman, that's a problem. Even if you trash, you don't take less money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yo, I, I feel I feel him to be honest. Like Dak shouldn't take less money, but. I feel like Dak is only worth thirteen million a year. If that, damn, <laughs> I, yeah, I, dollars I, though, man. Everything's bigger in Texas, even the paychecks. Yeah, Yo, he ain't listen. that good. Yeah, Yo, he ain't that good, fella. I hope, I hope for my Eagles' sake that they give Dak thirty-five million a year. I need them to eat up as much of that cap space as possible. Death. We should be rooting for them to give Dak forty million. Forty yeah. mil. I need yo eat up all that cap space. Do it. And every day, eat it all as a as a rival fan, every day that Jason Garrett remains employed is a great day for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, because they oh, still got to pay Zeke, Amari Cooper. I know Dick, uh, Demarcus Lawrence got like twenty something million. There's all these young players they got got to get paid too. So it's a salary cap league. But damn, worry about what the team. You got to worry about your own contract first. Because everybody else worried about theirs too. Because I'll say this: Why everybody telling the quarterback to take less money? How about the offensive lineman, the D tackle, the long snapper to take less money? No one tell. It's like we always want to tell the players to take less money, but no one tells the owner to uh, to pay people more, anything like that. It's just crazy how that how they twist that narrative. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, what's your thoughts, real quick, on the? Uh... On the on the NBA playoffs. Well, that's all I got to say about this. I was looking for the Chicago Bulls. I couldn't find them. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the, I think the thing is is that because it's more than pundits want to let on. Eagle Dollar and Sean Livingston are at the end of the rope, and those two are so valuable. And they still talking about Andrew Bogut like this was 2014 over here, Andrew Bogut. Yo, uh, yo they do be acting like Andrew Bogut's going to save us. We got Andrew Bogut. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. bruh. Because, because see, here's the thing. See, people get hurt. Boogie, because if you miss your shots, you could dump that ball down to Boogie, and he could get you some buckets. You know, and I think they act like this is at the same team. Houston has some horses that can run like Fareed, who may not be a scorer, but his style of play. He can switch on people. Capella can switch. And Clay Thompson has to work on defense because he's always on the best offensive player. And I got a hot take for you. Steph Curry may be the, is the greatest three-point shooter ever. But what was his great playoff moment? 
Last season. Oh, you mean it's 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 difficult. They I don't know. They're difficult to come by though. When this team is, I'm not even gonna say dominate though, because they've been pushed in plenty of series. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, and I yeah, guess and I the, you know the, the voters and all of that agree with you too, because you know at least in the finals, like he hasn't won one of those yet. Like I, I still think like the first one Durant won that could have gone to either one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm not knocking yeah. Steph for not having a Finals MVP, but I think that you know by not having one, that's kind of showing you that his moments, his individual moments, are probably lacking in the playoffs. But, hey, he got three chips. They win. Working on it yeah, and that's so. the thing. Mm. And, 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 I, you know, the, and like the Eat, I'll say this real quick. i hop on the East real quick. The Warriors, you can push them around. You just got to make people that make those shooters work on defense and just muck it up. And I think Houston could do that. But I think in the East, I think, uh, like, you don't know until the next round because those first-round series, the Philly one's going to be a close series. And I, I don't think y'all got Brett Farrell gonna make it the next year. To be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> but but I, I think they need a coach who's a leader of men, who will te- make make sure Ben Simmons is in that room, do something to help Joel Embiid physically, like maybe hire the Phoenix Suns trainer, <laughs> you know something, because the team has talent. Elton Brand's a sharp GM, but I so think far. they need a real veteran who, who's a leader. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you well, something. I, 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 they were getting that with um with Jimmy. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they weren't paying attention. Like, Jimmy, you know, I, they didn't watch those Bulls games. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to disrespect the. I don't want to disrespect the Warriors as the champions, you know, and a team that has won three. Like, I, I see the chinks in their armor. But you still got to go and beat the chance. And as mm-hmm. as much as we see the ability of the Houston Rockets, I, I'm still not in a place where I can forget the fact that I have seen James Harden go from being a descendant of Michael Jordan to I don't know what that was. Keith I, I, Bogan? I've seen, huh? <laughs> I've seen Bogan. I've seen James Harden nut up and and just lose it all. So it's like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to crown the Rockets before seeing them Man, do the work. And you got to keep Chris Paul healthy. Like, yo, you know the other Paul problem is like every year he's on his last. Y'all just ligament. don't know it. Yo, he injured. Y'all just don't know it. <laughs> you know, I'll say this, and I got I'll run kind of yak other people. The Rockets' problem is analytics. Now, analytics is great. Don't get me wrong, but if the three point ain't working, the mid range ain't that bad. You know, and I think that they only shoot threes or lay up and dunk. So it's actually easy to defend them because that's why the Spurs used to always beat them because they run them off the three-point line because they know they're not going to take a mid-range jumper and you got a big man in Tim Duncan waiting on you. And so that is their Achilles heel. And that's why I think Chris Paul is important because he will take that mid-range jumper and he will also rough up Steph and make things difficult. Because Steph, when he's going, he will hot dog on you. But if he ain't got it going, he ain't hot dogging. You got to rough him up. And I think Chris Paul that tight. But if he ain't healthy, they ain't got a chance, man. Yeah. Yeah, always. 
I mean, people thought maybe last last season had he been healthy for that for that game seven that they might have won. Like, I don't know. I, I was yeah, personally hey, of the he, opinion he, like they had a better shot with him not playing, but. <laughs> hey, he, hey, hey, you guys take it easy. Hey, Draymond Green, right, you're open for a reason, my man. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you next week. All right, Later. in the chat room said, I'm unequivocally, unequivocally a Sixers fan, but Ben Simmons better get a jump shot before he starts talking-ish about the fans. Man, if y'all don't come up with something new, <laughs> like, that is such low-hanging fruit. Every time somebody wants to say anything about Ben Simmons, he ain't got a jump shot, okay, and he's still out here getting 20-point triple-doubles. Like, you know what, and, and I talked about it today. Be you know what it what what it seems like with the Sixers and the the talking heads, even the fans. Do you realize two two seasons ago and and beyond, like two seasons to the last six seasons, the Seventy Sixers were the laughing stock of the NBA. I know so, I've been in some of those games. So you know, Joel comes like two seasons ago, plays a half a season, shows. Flashes so some promise, but they're still they still stink. They're still a laughing stock in the NBA. Enters Ben Simmons, his first year playing, and I'm not putting it all on him because that's ridiculous. It's a, it's a team game. Him along with the health of Joel Embiid, you know, um, they were already rolling and then made some late season additions with the shooters and all that kind of stuff. Like these dudes win fifty, what was it, fifty two games last season in his first season as an NBA player. People judge the Sixers because, and I, and 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 even they're complaining. I think it's a compliment to guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because people are already judging them as if year vets. People are already losing. Pace. Like two seasons ago, we weren't the laughing stock of the NBA. Two seasons in, and the playoffs aren't even over yet. But you know, let somebody lose a game. They lost game one, so the the the, the bottom falling out. But people talk about, especially Ben Simmons, as if he's been in the league for like eight years. Yeah. Newsflash, everybody. Some of the greatest players of all time in their second season wasn't on their second 50-win season. A lot of these dudes were scratching and clawing to try to get 30 to 35 wins. LeBron James didn't make the playoffs until his third season. Kobe Bryant didn't get off the damn bench until his third season. (laughs) Like, Michael Jordan was getting his butt whooped easily in the playoffs in his first few seasons. Like, they, they in, in one year, they went from the laughing stock to 52 wins and a second-round exit to, uh, you know, the Boston Celtics. Third season, they grab a couple more people, and people are, like, they're judging these dudes like they're six- and seven-year veterans. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think, because somebody told me earlier, like, well, they grabbed Tobias and and Jimmy, so, you know, everything was right now. Okay, Elton Brand might be thinking, yeah, it's right now. We need to make a, a, a run at this. But, that's again, that's complimentary to dudes like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You're asking a 22-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Of course, low-hanging fruit, Ben Simmons don't have a jump shot. Okay. But there's 80 million other things that are done on a basketball court, and he does most of them very well and he's one of those rare talents hard to find but people are just so 
you know, they still want to hang on the, the low hanging branches. He don't have a jump shot. Okay, but why can't they stop him? <laughs> why does he almost average a triple double, you know, for the for the entire season? Okay. And he he worked on it. He's just one of those cats like I'm not he he's not on his dock bay. He's not practicing his weaknesses in games. And it's taken a little longer than a lot of people want it to take. But you know, I've been to plenty of games. Before the games, you know, and, and shoot arounds, workouts. He shoots threes all the time. He makes a good number of them. But if you're not confident with it yet, yeah, why go in the game shooting a bunch of stuff that you can't shoot? You can't win with the fans that way either because then they're going to be like, why the hell he keeps shooting? <laughs> why are you breaking all these threes? So, you know, you cannot please everybody. But the team has been successful um, in this short period of time with him having that one deficiency. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah, I'm all- about man, I don't know. I'm gonna go. In, I'm gonna go in another direction. You know, I, I I hear you, and with fans, you can't win for losing, right? So if he shot a lot of them, they would be, you know, bitching about him missing. He doesn't shoot. They bitching about him not shooting. But from my perspective, if you're getting paid millions of dollars, man, at the very least, man, yo, get you get you a 14 footer, man. Get you a fifteen for it. Like I, I'm, I've always been very. But I'm not. It's not that I'm not there with you. I'm the same way. Get you this. Get you that. But at the same time, it's not like because he doesn't have it yet that he's useless on the floor. Yo, the no, dude was rookie of the year last he's season. Listen, but he's rookie of the year last season. Made the All Star team this season, and people are like, "Man, the Sixers need to get rid of Ben Simmons." Like, yo, we were really entertaining. Yeah, they're we really were entertaining people talking about you should trade Ben Simmons for for somebody said today and, and shout out to you know the chat the um the Warren Sports Game Time chat somebody was saying they were talking to somebody who said trade Ben Simmons for for Booker I'm like first of all this is not NBA Live '95 you can't just bring up names Booker is making like damn near Booker has a max contract Ben Simmons is on a rookie contract. Now, if you're going to give up everything that he does just for somebody that can shoot that's on a max contract, doesn't play a lick of D, first of all, you can't make that trade yeah. work anyway because of the salaries. And that that tells you, like, everybody wants to be an expert, but then they're just throwing dumb stuff around. Somebody else said trade Ben Simmons for Kemba Walker. First of all, idiot, Kemba Walker is a free agent. <laughs> so unless they're, they're deciding to do some kind of signing trade, you can't trade Ben Simmons for, for Kemba Walker. Right. Come on, yeah, man. They, 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 <laughs> Devin Booker. Jimmy, Jimmy Booker. naming names. <laughs> Jimmy naming names. I'm going to name names. But, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, man. Just people just say weird things, man, but everybody's an expert. For everything you say about, about Ben Simmons, what he does and the one thing he can't, Devin Booker is almost the exact opposite. Like, he doesn't do anything but score. <laughs> But it, you, you know, I ain't got a problem with scoring, but just to call it what it is, dude don't rebound, he don't defend, he don't pass, he, he dribble a little bit, but yo, yo he is smiling shoot about just <laughs> shoot. He's smiling shoot. And I'm, I'm like not a game you know, Devin Booker, he's cool. Like, nah, he's cool, yeah. Like if, 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 I'm all, if, I'm, I'm all for a gun. 
if somehow the Sixers could could swing something where Devin Booker would be the replacement to JJ Redick, he moves on. I'm, I'm good with that. But getting rid of one of our yeah, cornerstone even, pieces for Devin Booker. I don't even know about that because Devin Booker ain't going to share the rock. He's going to let it fly. So I yeah. see him and having problems with other cats on the floor. So he'll be the next recipient he of not, one of them and beat elbows. Pass the ball. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think the whole the whole, the whole thing with Ben Simmons is a bit much. They just need something to talk about um, because, like, the NBA is mad dramatic. So every team gets its turn. They have to just be over dramatic about whatever is going on. I mean, they're in the playoffs. They've won a game that – Yo, three years ago, this team was like putrid, and you Yo, have a guy who won the rookie of the year. He's an all star. He's only he's in his second year, double. man. <laughs> Yo, he's in his second year. Like, cat, yo, he hasn't even had an opportunity to like fully enjoy an adult beverage yet, and Cat's just talking about trading him. Um, because like he he does pretty much everything on the floor. Now he does have weakness, um, which is his shot. Yo, come on, man! Like it's ridiculous. Like. Yo, Aaron Newell was once the best player in the game a couple years ago. What are we talking about? Yo, Scott, <laughs> yeah. you just said, Scott, you just said, yes, he has 20-point triple-doubles when everyone else is hot. When they aren't, he looks like a bum. Well, pretty much triple-doubles no, depends on assists. When the triple-doubles depend on assists, if you throw it to somebody and they're not hot and they miss the shots, then of but course. But the whole idea of like, he you're looks not like have a the bum, same like, can we not watch the defensive end of the basketball floor? That doesn't matter no, at all. No, Jimmy, we don't. We don't. We do not watch the defensive end of the basketball floor. You can tell by the way people talk. They don't watch Ever. the basketball floor. Because for his side, like, he's a very good defender. I'm not saying that, you know, some yeah. of the best guards in the league ain't going to rip into him like they ripping everybody else. But he makes things hard, but and he, he guards his position a lot of the time. What the Ben Simmons argument exposes to me is that people don't even understand the beauty of basketball because they want to simplify it and they don't understand just him being on the floor. He makes things easier for everybody else. He's a matchup nightmare. He's a point guard. When he gets in the game and he posts someone up, they have to swing a double team so everyone gets open shots. Like, so it's not even just about statistics. It's about if you just watch the beautiful game of basketball and the chess that's being played. That's the this dude, and Scabby just a said he watches every single game. So that makes it even worse because now, Scabby, I got a question if you know what you're watching. All you talking because about, just like game, everybody else, is the, the lazy analysis of he don't have a jump shot. Like, <laughs> like, come it's, on, it's easy. like, the game of basketball, the game of basketball is literally like move chess. I was watching him last night and I was just like, it was crazy when I was watching um, Utah and Houston. So, you know, just watching them trying to stop hard, different things they're trying defensively in terms of zone um, and the way Houston spreads the floor and just makes the small plays. Like, the nuance of the game is beautiful, but people just want to narrow it down to he can shoot, he can't shoot. He didn't make this. Like, it's not – it just irritates me to the point where I don't even want to talk basketball because it's so much more than that. And he adds so much – Team, it's the reason he was the number one pick. He's rookie of the year. He's an all star. Jimmy, they won fifty games in his goddamn rookie year, and the only changes to the team were him and JJ Reddick. <laughs> Come on, man! Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it's really ridiculous that we even have to have this conversation because three years ago, this like <laughs> yo, are we? Never mind, man. Go ahead, beloved. All right, we're the, the start of the week. Jimmy, we're gonna, say that, 
We're gonna save Molly Molly crossover for another time. The stat of the week, man, goes it's in this this series. Um the third quarter of game two, Sixers and Nets, the Sixers scored fifty one points, which kind of blew the game open for them because they were only up one point at halftime. Now this fifty one points ties um a playoff high for a quarter. Um it ties Jimmy's Los Angeles Lakers. I forgot what um what a year that was. But um yeah, the the Lakers held the record before the seventy sixers tied it. Um it was, uh, March thirty first, nineteen sixty two is when the Lakers had fifty one points in the fourth quarter against the Detroit uh Pistons. So yeah, this series has been getting a little bit uh chippy as well because our um quote of the week is also from that one. And this is probably something Skyview would, would agree with. Um, you could tell me, yeah or nay, Skyview, if you agree with Jared Dudley's quote. He said, Ben Simmons is a great player in transition. And once you get him into half court, he's average. Um, coming from Jared Dudley, you know, all 4.9 points, 2.3 rebounds of him. But shout out to Jared because he's respected in the league. Um, and sometimes you got to shoot the messenger. Um, and a lot of people actually agreed with this sentiment, but it, this is another thing that's it's definitely opinion based. It's not factual because, um, of course, I went and looked it up, and eighty percent of Ben Simmons' points comes in a half court set. So you know, twenty percent in transition—that's good. That's you know, that's that's it shows that you are elite in transition. But to say that he's average. <laughs> Okay, he might not be in the half court what he is, but that's another thing. Like, if you say that, then you definitely have, like, Jared Dudley need to get in the film room a little bit more. Because this dude makes things happen. I'm not saying he doesn't have Of course, you got the low, you know, the the J thing. I think he picks the ball up a little too much, um, you know. But he can do that at 6'10 and not get in the same trouble that, you know, a six-foot point guard would because as soon as they pick it up, the defense is swarming and turnovers might happen. Go ahead, Jim. My bad. First of all, first of all, as you pointed out to me earlier, that's just statistically inaccurate. So it's a flat-out lie. Um, when a guy only scores twenty percent of his points um, on a fast break. Second of all, yo, you're deadly. Um, and the fact that you said this ruined the other quarter that I thought was going to be the quarter of the week, which is I'm Kevin Durant. Um, so I'm mad at him for ruining a quarter of the week. But, you know, you're Jared Dudley. Go back to that again. And you're wrong. I think it's, you're just flat out wrong. I also want to point something else out. 62 Lakers team, um, that's when Elgin Baylor was in his prime. And Elgin Baylor averaged like 38-19-5 that season. God. You know, 51 points is a lot in a quarter. Um, and this before, apparently before he came. Became, before he became – a dude with a dry jerry curl, but that's either here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kev's still pleading his case. Bruh, I play point guard. You cannot be disrespected like that. This guy has to have a jumper. Okay, we get it, Kev. He has to have a jumper. But he's been in the league yeah. for two seasons. And the Sixers have won 50-plus games in both of those seasons. So since you've been a Sixers fan since 1776, that you keep telling us, Tell me the last time the Sixers had a 50-win season. And they just came off Yo, two of I've them. Seen, I, we can't I've do seen, anything to Sixers I've fans seen, but complain about it. 
is what we do. I've seen Rondo <laughs> win a title. I've seen Rondo. I've seen Rondo win a title and make it to another here. title. And, and yo, he still can't shoot to this day. So no. this whole thing, if you yeah. need this, that's and, a, that's and a, also give him a chance to develop. And I, yo, I Jimmy, that Jimmy in, not be not be able to shoot, and then by the time he finished, he was one of the uh, the, the, right. the most highest uh, scoring yeah, three point shooters in the game. That's a and great point about Rondo, and, and, and he didn't have a J in his second or third season. Jason Kidd, I, I saw Rondo. I saw Rondo take over a game with no J and score forty five in the playoffs with no J. So you know, Rondo again, a formidable three. Ain't nobody respecting Rondo's jump shot because you leave somebody yo, open and they make it. Yo, 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 we're not we're yo. not even realizing here is Ben Simmons doesn't even take him. So, yo, like I said, I don't know him shoot. If, if he's going to shoot the open three, yeah, he'll make one once in a while like Rondo does if he shoots it, but he's not yo, even Ray shooting Ray it. Rayon Rondo, Rayon Rondo cannot shoot better than anyone on the War Room Sports Podcast. Yeah, I said it. He can see me about no. it if he needs to. No, he definitely can see me better than me. But I'm Rondo, Rondo uh, had a lot of success in the league. I, like, again, Jason Kidd, my other uh, comparison point, the fact of the matter is he finished his game, and by the time he finished, he was one of the time leading three-point shooters when he couldn't shoot to save his life in his first or second or even third season. Yeah, he top ten. Um, until he got to, he top, until he got five. Bra- until he got some Tony Braxton games, he didn't even care about shooting. Uh, so, <laughs> so at the end of the day, man, all I'm saying is get this kid a chance, man. Like the the, the overreaction is kind of crazy. Like two back to back fifty win seasons, and there was more complaints now than when the team was like going through the process. <laughs> I was saying we didn't, but that's the thing, man. Philly, Philly, Philly fans, no matter where they live, no matter where they're from, we can't have nice things because we're gonna complain about what they can't do. Instead of, but you know what? You know, it's 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 and, and cheering on the things that people can do. It's the whole it's the whole drama of the NBA. Like I watch these series, and they like it's masterful and it's beautiful for the NBA because there's always like a storyline that goes each series. So the Sixers win this series, whoever they play next, they're going to create something. I see why. Cats like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all the act the way they towards the media because they literally create things. They they bring things into right. existence by putting the energy out there. Like and the energy, Jimmy, is like one open. game at a time. Like the Sixers lose exactly. game one. Oh my Yo, god, people, people's entire life. Oh, Brad didn't bring these guys people, for this. Like, yeah, <laughs> people's entire life gets judged by from game to game. It's crazy. Like I see when like when Shaq and Kobe how they talk about uh how their stuff they had a little tension, but the media made it like. East Coast, West Coast beef. Like they literally <laughs> just create this drama because it, let's, let's face it, this is this is the part of the reason people love sports. Um, it's it's no it's no more drama, not drama on TV like it is in sports. And a lot of it is created. A lot of these like fake beefs, like stuff don't even be real, man. Like it's it's crazy to see, man. Like because when you think about the fact that this team, where this team was, and where they are now with just him walking on the floor, and we're talking trading them. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. For Devin Booker, he ain't never won nineteen games in his career in the season. Like, come on, man. The one trick pony. Like this is, but this is why I know for a fact people don't appreciate the beauty of the game. Not saying they don't love the game. People love the game, but 
it's like, yo, it's so much. This reason we call it this thing of ours. Basketball is so beautiful when you understand the nuances of the game. When you, when you understand, understand it, that, you basically you saying, Jim, when you go day, when like, you go deeper than the sensational parts of the game. Like when you watch a guy like Rudy Gobert, who really can't play basketball but dominates games because of the, the what he brings to the table. I think I think Effort. that's impressive for me. To be honest with you, that's one of the reasons why I like the huge Magic fan and even third fan because they're the first guys I've seen dominate games without even having a score. When you can dominate a game without having a score, that's scary because that means if you ever become a deadly scorer, you know, it's it's, it's a wrap. Like, so, I don't know, man. It just bothers me, man, because I appreciate this game because I I see all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he made third team all defense this year. Our listeners are naming a whole bunch of gunning, a whole bunch of gunning ass dudes that don't win. So they rather have a gunning ass dude that doesn't win because it looks more conventional than a guy that has, you know, maybe uses a bow and arrow, but a bow and arrow is leading to wins. (laughs) Booker gonna get you fifty while he's using about thirty. All good. We got a bunch of people. We got a bunch. Of, we got a bunch of people, and this is no shot to nobody. But this is, we got a bunch of people that would rather have Nick Wilkins than Larry Bird. Oh yeah, I, I, I could be like Jimmy you know, when I can name at least twenty names. I'm like, yeah, yeah. People tell me how much hoops they watch. I'm like, but are you really watching? Are you sitting there going, ooh and ah, because somebody can jump and somebody can shoot? <laughs> A whole lot more to win. Yeah, you might as well watch track and field. Y'all might as well right. watch track and field, man. We were gonna um talk about we really we weren't really gonna talk about it. We were just gonna throw shots on the fact that everybody gets excited when the NFL schedule never understood that. I don't know about you fellas. You got everybody out here predicting wins and losses for their teams and the draft hasn't even happened yet. You don't even know who the hell's gonna be on your team this year. Um the Cardinals out here making schedule like schedule release hype videos, like telling everybody that they're playing, like the Cardinals are coming. Yo, nobody fears the Cardinals. Like, come on. Everybody like, yeah, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> that's a win. Like, who cares? So it's it's crazy. I mean, it just shows you once we get to this point in the offseason how much people miss football because the release of the schedule excites people. For me, the release of the schedule, all that does – Tell me, okay, you know, what city I might be in on a certain date when I do one or two trips for the year. But I'm not like, I just don't get the hype, the hypeness about it. I don't even watch preseason football though, so I might just be different. <laughs> it's it's like it's like we just talked about. It's a it's a, it's a selling these sports, man. Yeah. We're getting here. We point, go, man. Where it's like, Skyview says, speaking of Dominique Wilkins, how did court put Bob Pettit above him? On Atlanta's all-time list, FOH Court. Uh, I agree with it. <laughs> go, go now. Now that you said that, Scott, you go Google Bob Pettit's resume, and I'm not talking about his stats. But if you just want to go Google their stats, those those are better as well, as he averaged for his career, 26 and 16. But go Google their resume. Yo, Bob talk, Pettit put up 26 and 16. Yeah, and I'm a I'm Yuck. a dominant man. And then we're going to talk, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't bash people for errors. You know what I'm saying? Like, in your error, you play against who you play against. So we're not saying better. I'm not saying that 
if Dominique Wilkins and Bob Pettit met in, you know, a later era and played each other one-on-one, like Dominique wouldn't destroy him. But as far as greatness goes in that, and, and Bob Pettit never even played in the city of Atlanta, but he played for that franchise. But as far as greatness in that franchise goes, Bob Pettit is it's not even difficult. Yeah, one thing I know about Bob Pettit, even looking anything up, is that Bob Pettit was MVP of the league twice, and I don't know if Neek got right. one. Um, Yo, Nick didn't have one. And Bob Pettit got a chip. I just know Dominique, but I mean his nickname was the Human Highlight Film. That that says nothing Yo, about winning. That I really don't understand uh, what kind of basketball fan you are, man. I'm really starting to understand. <laughs> Yo, Dominique Dominique Wilkins is the equivalent of Dominique Wilkins is the equivalent of Vince Carter's first 15 years. Bob Pettit. Listen to this, B. Bob Pettit. NBA champion, 1958. Dominique can't say that. Two-time NBA most valuable player. Dominique can't say that. 11-time NBA All-Star. Nick can say that. Four-time NBA All-Star game MVP. I'm sure Nick don't have 10 of those. I mean, four of those. Ten All-NBA first teams. Um, He got one All-NBA second team. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year. He was a two-time scoring champ. He was on the 25th, 50th anniversary teams. Um, Damn, Bob College, He was a first-team All-American, and then he was a second-team All-American the year before that. He has 20,880 points, which is 26.4 points per game, 12,849 rebounds, which is 16.2 rebounds per game, and uh, 2,369 assists, which is three a game. Nah, okay. <laughs> Dominique is my dude. Listen, man, I'm gonna keep it a buck, nah, man. I literally, I literally back in the day bought a Dominique jersey, and he was one of my favorite players. And I literally got um, a sticky finger by telling certain people that he was related to me. So I got all the appreciation in the world for Dominique Wilkins. But, but, but at the same time, though, I can I can say without the shadow of a doubt, Dominique was never even the best player at his position in his entire career. Oh, he was Ever. a nine-time All-Star. Dominique was a nine-time All-Star. He was All-NBA first team one time. Um, he was second team four times. He was third team twice. He was on the rookie first team, didn't win rookie of the year. He was the scoring champion once. For all of the buckets Dominique got, he was scoring champion once. He won the dunk contest twice. That might put him over the top, huh? Okay. <laughs> and uh, he was the Euro League champion he was in never- 1996. So he went over, Yo. as Jimmy would call it, the International Drew League. He went over there and he got was one. Never, he was never the best in his position. Yo, that's it. Yo, Yo Dominique. Well, Dominique's career average is 24.8 points per game, which is great. 6.7 rebounds per game, which at the, with that athleticism, average more. And uh, 2.5 assists per game. So When did yeah. he pass? Uh, there were some things. <laughs> there were some things on that list that I didn't agree with, but Bob Pettit versus Dominique Williams, Wilkins wasn't one of them. And y'all know, Jimmy, you Listen, already know. I already had this. I already had this conversation this week with somebody else. So I had that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just feel. I just feel, I just feel like um, Dominique was a great player, and I don't want to let it come off as worse playing him because he was great. But I love me. Sometimes it gets exaggerated because he was also caught up in a time where we were, we were talking about 
he played in the era where it was you know, we had literally some of the best players that whose skill set haven't been matched since. Mm. You're talking about and, and Jim. His, his, the tail end of let go ahead. And I was about to say he was also on that Atlanta team that Larry Bird gave 62, and the dudes on the bench were cheering when Larry Bird was making buckets. His homies on the bench is out there cheering Larry Bird on. <laughs> yeah, that ain't never happened. That ain't happened to Bob Pettis. They should have had Bob Dominique should have punched all of them in their mouth. Like, listen, he came He came along with this man of, like, Doc, who's, like, legendary. Um, to imagine, he, was, he, he played on, like, Magic and Birds, like, Heyday, Isaiah, the Pistons, and Jordan. I mean, so he he came along in Barkley. He came along at a time where, like you know, you got some of the literally the best players who ever played the game of basketball, and he still held his own. But he's a great player. But I think that when you talk about overall greatness and accomplishments, like if you actually look, he doesn't he he doesn't have the resume that some of these other cats have, and that's no disrespect because he is a Paul. Um, but it's just that uh, he all right, like so. He so listen, he there, there's definitely the to this to this issue. But are, are we are we are we here saying that what uh, Skyview is doing is is basically comparing uh, Gabrielle Union's husband to Paul Pierce? Are we doing are we doing one of them? Honestly, I know that's a good that's a good point. Like, but although although to be honest with you, I, I, I ain't gonna disrespect my man Double P though. But I don't I don't know if they were in two different echelons. To be honest with you though. I'm being honest with you, like, think about it. Nick was an upper echelon. Nick was a bucket getter. Point blank period. Yeah. He was a bucket getter. He was not a winner. <laughs> he did not get recognized. Like I used to I used to fight for Neek myself. Like, yo, Neek got cheated out of being on the dream team. As I get older, I still kind of hold to it, but I, but I kind of, it's a little looser of a grip because I'm like, damn, I probably, because I was young, I was fooled by all the dunking and all the excitement and just assumed that Neek should be on that team. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Career-wise is not better than Scottie Pippen, but at that time, I think Jordan got Pippen on that team. He probably should have been. That's that's a great point. You know what? That's a great point. That's a great point because he's not a better basketball player than Scottie Pippen. That's one. For two, um, it is the, it is the highlight thing. And the only thing I can say, Nick was robbed of. He beat he beat Mike that one uh slam dunk contest, and they okay. gave Mike a fifty because they was in Chicago. Beating that. But what Even I can say is, when you yo Nick, this kind of but Nick kept doing two. He kept doing the same dunk, Jim. One hand windmill to the two hand windmill. Like, all right, Nick, we know it's nice, <laughs> but we know. Yo, okay. yo, because though, this gas Mike up. That, first of all, Mike didn't jump from the foul line, and there was so much gas after that. That jump wasn't like. Anyway, listen though. Yo, what I can say is this: they gassed all them cats though. Doc ain't either. Yo, but Nick was damn near breaking the rim like with every dunk that jump. But but I was getting back to is the whole thing. That's a great point because it's kind of what we're talking about. Scotty did everything else better than him. like Scotty was a way better defender. Scotty right. probably is the best wing. Scotty probably is the best wing defender I've seen in the NBA, like ever. Yo, yo, um, Scotty, Scotty um, knew how to control the. Scotty knew how to control the pace of the game. Scotty was very clutch. Scotty has the single greatest dunk ever on someone. Like Scotty was a great player. He just it just wasn't like very flashy, but he did everything pretty well. And that's the yeah. thing. My argument to that, Jim, as a young boy, used to be like, oh. 
Neek averaged this, and Neek be doing this, and Scotty just played with Mike and this and that. But I probably was thinking with a narrow mind back then, and all I was thinking about was he don't score as much as Dominique. But even Yo, back yeah, then, I mean, even with young Scotty in 1992, like he said, he was doing everything else better than Neek because all Neek did was he scored a damn ball. I got, I got yeah, one for you. Better rebounding. Neek, Neek or Paul Pierce? Pierce. Yeah, I might go to Paul Pierce too. Me, I thought Jimmy was going to poop on him. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Paul Pierce fan. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest Paul Pierce fan, but I feel like over the last couple of weeks, I feel like he got pooped on. Like, and everybody knows yeah, I'm not he's getting disrespected for, at all. First of all, for but being I feel himself, like, knew what he was going to say when you asked uh, yeah. him. <laughs> I don't feel like but they Paul acting like at that like, upper ass. Yeah, they, they acting like, they acting like um, Wade is Jordan and Paul Pierce is like, like, you know, Orlando Woolridge uh, or somebody. I think oh, Paul Pierce is at the, the very top echelon, but he might be in the echelon right below that. So I, I would put him in the same echelon with like a, a and even D Wade, and even and even the D Wade to be honest, I don't think D Wade is at that very very top top of the hill. That's I know the that some people, everybody some people excited because man. I mean because D Wade yeah. showed us what D Wade was the first time around, but it's like you know yo. since then you know yo he, you know. yo D Wade D Wade wasn't better than AI. Now that's, that's going to be disrespected. They're going to disrespect my man AI. D Wade wasn't better than AI. Like at, at, this, at that very top, is is the it's only a couple people that could breathe in the air at the very top, and it's a select list. And and these are mm-hmm. people that is like yo, like it's brainers. Like that's where you got your Michael Jordans and your Kareems and your Will. Can't you just name one name? You ain't got to say their whole name. Like Paul <laughs> Pierce, still got to be called Paul Pierce. We can have that argument about Pettit, but as soon as you say Neek was better than Larry Bird, man, I'm getting a flight out the out the Vegas, man. Yeah, like, you're out of your mouth. Listen, you're out of the box. Yo, the cast at the top is one is Jordan, is Will. You know what I'm saying? It's Kobe. They only need one name. They only need one. Iverson. Yeah, there you go. Paul Pierce is not, Paul Pierce is still Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce D-way is still dude. Dwayne Wade. D, yeah, D Wade still is too many too named dude. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta yeah, it's 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 a certain level, man. There's only certain people that can be that air, man. No on one name dude. <laughs> <laughs> you tell the truth, no, I don't remember no. I don't remember the last time I said the name James. LeBron. LeBron. I, yeah. I remember. I remember last time I said the name James. He got the, last he time got I said the name James, James, I was talking about. Last time I said the name James, I was talking about Mike James. <laughs> Mike James, yo, and to be honest with you, man, watching these playoffs, man, your man Harden, he tried to get in that rare air, and I hate the fact that he's so good because, yo, I hate him. But I, yo, Harden, Harden be embarrassed. But I can't deny it. Yo, yo, he to the side and shoot the joint while you touching his arm and it just go in and he fake and fall to the ground. Like, yo, and he flying around so like good. a fish. <laughs> why, yo, why is he so good? I mean, he don't even play Larry Brown. He don't even play the right way. Like, yo, Bulls is straight wussy, but at the same time, though, like, he's nice. damn near unstoppable, man. He's like a machine. Like, he just, I just think yo, he got, you can't make him go Jimmy, right. he has offense down to a science. 
So yeah. what Chris he Paul is, said, he he's over, a, that's a great point. In a couple of years, it's not going to be as outlandish as everybody thought it was. Because <laughs> this dude has offense down to a science, man. Yo, that's it's a crazy. great point. The boy is literally an offensive scientist, man. Like he needs to get an honorary degree from somewhere. Like he's a he's a basketball offensive scientist. Like because the stuff that he, he does, Jimmy, you can't tell me that he doesn't study people. You know to do. Oh yeah, that he does. He has to. Oh yeah, he, 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 clearly, study, he clearly studied Ricky Rubio because he's taking him to the shed. Like. <laughs> Dude, Rubio will be right there with his hands up, but it don't matter except for that one yeah, time. I don't even know, but that's my point. <laughs> I don't even know what they can do. Like, what are you supposed to do? Ran him out of bounds, huh? <laughs> yeah, they might as well quit. Like, what are you yeah. supposed to do? Because yeah. Spider can't match that. They're literally going to waste their time. At that point, All you right, got to so, the goons and just like, trying to hurt them. Hey, hey. Anyway, y'all can check out our website, warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about anything going on in the NBA playoffs, dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Here's that. <laughs> what, what happened this week where everybody was on the Grizzly? Why You Were On The Grind is brought to you by Sports The Book. is basically the best sports book ever written. Go to sportsthebook.com or warmsports.com. Please make sure you support Diggs. You can learn some sports. But anyway, why you happen on the grind is past. Let's jump right into it. Um, More Benjamin Simmons. This story is crazy. It says that Ben, Stum- ben Simmons was out of the game on um, March 25th, and they, it was said that he had a stomach virus. But now reports are coming mm-hmm. out that said that, um, you know, he had went out and, you know, um, <laughs> may have been drunk and had a hangover. <laughs> I know, Scott, you ain't going to like that. Um, you know what I mean? Yo, the, the crazy part is, did y'all see when he was asked about it? Because this this report came out from, is it Chris Sheridan of the New York Daily News? So, of course, yeah. you know, somebody from New York, while they're in the midst of playing a New York team in the, in the, in the playoffs, is going to bring this out and talk about dysfunction in Philly. Said uh, Brett Brown is coaching for his life. Um, ben Simmons is you know, Elton Brand wants to trade him. Um, and then he talked about this story. And when Ben was asked about it, as soon as the guy asked him about it, he had this smirk on his face. So I was thinking, like, okay, we're good. Like, he, he seems confident in the fact that, you know, it's no, it's a nothing story. But then when the when the answer came out of his mouth, I, I felt totally different. Because he was like, you talking about regular season? He's like, oh, no, no. If we ain't talking about playoffs, and I ain't talking about none of it. So I'm like, okay, this story's true. Um <laughs> But the thing is, if the Sixers know about it, which there's no way they can't, <laughs> because obviously they're saying that the Sixers are covering it up, like, but what are you really covering it up from? You're the organization. You, you're the ones that he would be in trouble with. So I don't really look at it as some big deal unless he continues to do things like that, continues to be some kind of problem child. Then, of course, that has to be addressed. But if the Sixers are willing to cover it up and not embarrass him with it, then I don't really see the point in what Sheridan is trying to do now besides distract them during a playoff series. <laughs> you know not, what? Not defending the ball because, I mean, at least at least MJ, you know, had the gall to come out and ball while he was drunk and, you know, got, got it labeled ready, the flu I, I game. Was, so. I was getting ready to say this sounds like a regular Tuesday for AI, but um, – <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, but some guys can handle the injury. Some guys can't. 
Yeah. All right, so, so like, everything I've said positive about Ben Simmons, now I'm pointing a little bit, right? Because what I think is, um, and it may not even be true, because I've seen, I've seen the same thing happen with Blake, where people start to feel like you saw so they treat you a certain way. I feel like people think they can get in his head. Mm-hmm. Even with the Jerry, Jared Dudley comments, I don't even know if Jared Dudley believes that or Jared Dudley believes that he's the weak link mentally, so I can say things that get him distracted. Um, the Lord can say these things to get him distracted, so time will tell. So I think there's like a, a something going around the league, like yo, you can get in bed today. What's going on here? Because if this no, happens, like I don't even know if they know it. I just think they think you know because he's light skin that you can do that. Yo, <laughs> that's true too. Like Blake. Blake is light skin too. <laughs> I think it's Blake. I think he's soft when he light skin. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me. Uh, yeah, so that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. That might be it, yo. Anyway, man, so so we'll see if anything else comes out of the story. It's crazy for me to drop now. Um, another story that happened while you were on the grind, and be awesome, I want to see what you would have done. A stranger of uh, 2K that was dropped on a San Francisco street that belonged to uh, Doc Rivers, and he returned it to him. You know, he saw Doc Rivers drop two grand, gave him the two grand back. Would you have kept the bread or no? I need two grand. My bad, Doc. <laughs> I don't care if I did sure, need two bro. grand. I did on the street is mine. Even if it was attached, I, I, I didn't even see the story. Like I don't know if it was attached to a wallet. You know, if it was in a wallet or something like that. Um, you know, I returned the wallet. <laughs> the wallet. But I didn't yeah. see in the story. Mm, I, don't no know, I don't know if you gentlemen saw this, but I look, I look for it. I couldn't find it. Did Doc give the boy anything in return? Like. You know, if somebody returned your wallet or something, or something, you really like hook them up a little bit. Did Doc give me any bread? I'm looking for it now. And, um, and the, next, the next question Doc is this: though, Rivers, if, it, if you lose some bread and somebody returns it, like what's the standard? Like what's the standard? Like you know, lookout you give them for looking out. Like is it ten percent? Is it five percent? Like I mean, what's the standard? Um, if you drop a grand, somebody give you a grand. Back, what you give? It depends on what I got going on in my life. I hook them up with something, perks of the gig, or <laughs> next time somebody yeah. gave us some hockey tickets for World Room Sports, I gave us some hockey tickets. So, no, he said, he said uh, unbeknownst to me, I dropped about two grand on the floor. He said on the floor. But at first he said I was walking down the street. This is in San Francisco. Um he said, kept walking, didn't know the guy. Oh, so it was right there. It was like the guy tapped me on my back and said, that's your money. If I'm the guy, I would have stood over the money and just waited for him to walk farther and farther down the street before I bent down. <laughs> yeah, I was, no, no, but on, on a serious note, that one is more understandable. You know what I'm saying? You're right there when it happens. You just tap to do, yo, you drop something. I've done that. If I see, if I see you drop it. Yeah, if I see right you there. drop it, I'm gonna give it I'm, back. I'm, even if it's your wallet, I'm gonna send you your wallet back. But <laughs> I just want to see. Uh, I want to know where Doc yeah. Rivers is walking down late at in San Francisco. Like, yeah. he's on like hard. Yeah, gonna be dropping too. He probably was out with um Ben yeah, Simmons. Like, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Right, I'm gonna keep it. A, I'm gonna keep it a bean with y'all and the listeners. Right, this will never happen to me. Carry cash because I happen to carry cash. That means I'm engaging in something in the underworld. Um. So, with that being said, and, and Doc carrying cash, and they in San Francisco, never mind. 
Oh. 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 He's going to Harvey Book Club. Anyway, um, yo, listen. This is where Doc Lyon. Listen, this is where this is where Doc Lyon said he didn't get the man's name or the chance to properly thank him. He said, I don't know a lot of places that would happen, but it happened today, so whoever that was, you could have had free tickets if you hadn't ran away. Like why would you say that's your money and then book? Doc Lyon. <laughs> Not just ain't giving <laughs> Doc was getting you a say Teddy that's your money and then you're gonna you're gonna haul that. Like, come on, Doc. Doc was getting a Teddy Doc was getting a Teddy <laughs> fee. Listen, I ain't saying nothing. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, yo, he's a San Francisco. Doc was going to that new nightclub called Milk. Yo, a boy running. And, yo, that story, that story, man, something, something wrong with that story, man. Unless Doc yeah. really dropped, like, three grand. Boy gave him two back. Doc didn't know how much bread he had. That's why I do a bus while boy ran. Yeah. <laughs> or Doc might have been in a. Or he might not have been outside, period. He might have been in a, a Robert Kraft situation. I'm just oh, saying, man. I'm just fishy, fishy. But in San Francisco, so it's a little different. Doc was getting the Frank Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you drunk. <laughs> yo, yo, anyway, man. Let's move forward. Let's Archibald from Annie Archibald. Um, Toyota engineers. Oh, Let's, talk about, let's talk about the Toyota engineers. They have built a jump shooting robot. So everybody's gonna um, keep messing with AI until like um you know AI takes over. But they trying they trying to create AI that run rock now. Um, <laughs> that was so nice. But uh, <laughs> they built a jump shooting robot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and maybe they can get it to work out with Ben Simmons. But uh, what you guys think about robots now shooting jump shots? Or maybe Skyview might want to sign this robot over Ben Simmons. We just wheel him out, sit him on the shore. Go place the ball in his hand. Let him knock down a couple of games. I saw a video of this robot. They had him sitting back at like 40 feet. And, of course, he can't catch and shoot, so they got to go put the ball in his hand. But he got the ball in his hand. The joint doesn't jump or anything like that. You know, he's a robot, so his forearm's strong as hell. He was just flat foot, Dan Marley from forty feet. Waka. Waka. Like they weren't they weren't hitting like just bottom of the net, like on some stuff type stuff, but they all were going in. So, you know, the program works. It's not perfect, but it works. So they said um, Toyota Engineering Society's Q three is a six foot three humanoid robot. And they said it reportedly hits free throws with nearly one hundred percent accuracy. They said it computes a three-dimensional image where the basket is using sensors on its torso and adjusts motors inside its arm and knees to give the shot the right angle on propulsion for a swish. Yo, y'all favorite players about to get replaced. It's about to be a rock'em, sock'em basketball league. How much money went into this R&D, and how is that going to improve the world? Why? How about saying why? Why? What are we doing here? Three point shooting contest. Like, all, 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 all the all the problems, all the problems of the world. How that could, is a why lot of money. Toyota, like, no. why couldn't Toyota invest in um fixing the water in Flint? And no, anyway, um, because why? Why? Like why? Jump shot. This is cooler, Jim. This is cooler. I'm hitting saying, jump shots. I'm just saying, you 
You want to have a robot that shoots jump shots while people out here drinking Dookie water? Come on. Um, yeah. Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle. Robot, the robot is water, though. Maybe he can generate water for Flint. <laughs> See what you did there. He got that water. Come on, man. Toyota, man. Y'all got to do better, man. Toyota, do better, man. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Toyota. I drive a Toyota. Um, yeah, Toyota, their cars yeah, last like 640 out. years. But now they're bored because their cars so last so long. And yeah. the sales yeah, right yeah, so Everybody's driving drawn. Toyotas so from the 80s. Like, what else we going to do? Yeah, they like, look, nobody I, I, coming I in to buy Toyotas because they're still driving the same ones from the 70s. <laughs> I know what we can do with our time. We can make a, a robot that shoots jump shots. Mm-hmm. And they got fun. So, uh, they, they put R&D behind that. Come on, man. FOH. Anyway, um, let's talk about St. Nip, man. Rest in power to St. Nip. For those who don't know who St. Nip is, we from St. Nip, Nipsey Hustle. He's now um, referred to as St. Nip. So, Nipsey Hustle... Um, is now a featured player on NBA. For what? Though? Uh, so, <laughs> yo, they going real far I mean, with the Nipsey love. Why are you on NBA? Yeah, the Nipsey love is out of control. Why are you on they NBA? Love? With it. Like when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, they probably they put some Nipsey. All right, when if I go play uh, live, I can hear. Last time that I checked, victory lap. And they're like, no, you can play with Nipsey. Like you can be Nipsey. <laughs> And I'm like, he didn't he didn't play in the NBA though. Like for what? <laughs> Nip, never going anywhere, man. man. Salute Saint Nip, man. Yeah. Yo, the marathon continues, man. That's all I'm saying. Because Jimmy, you always talk about Tupac status, and it yeah. might be a sign of the times where it's going. You know, Tupac wasn't easily, in no video game. He's easily easily surpassing Tupac because of the times we live in. It's just way yeah. more stuff to yeah. do, way more things for people to get bored. Toyota making robots with Jays. Now we got Nipsey and NBA Live. Well, that, that's because of the, the sense of our community that, that exists even online. And some will say, well, that's not a real community. But it is. But because I, I remember when Tupac died and it, like getting the news and sharing the news. You had to like get on the phone with people. You don't have to right, do that right. now. Like, right. You know what I mean? It's like you get everything in real time. You hear all these stories in real time. A lot of things surrounding Tupac and Big, we learned about later in documentaries and all that kind of stuff, like stuff comes out real time now. So it is one of the times, man. Um, it's definitely, definitely and also like a lot of people didn't find also, out Tupac got shot to like the next day because that thing had to go through the grapevine. If you don't, you know, where we were at the time, college students, we weren't sitting in the house watching the news. So like, nobody saw that. Nobody heard until the next day when that phone tree got to you. Yeah, right. see, we found out. We literally we found a minute and a half he after he was shot, that he was shot. Because people we found out he was dead before he was dead. Right, right. That was that's how it is. I mean, like, it's crazy. It's, yeah. Like, so it is it's time time. They hadn't even pronounced him dead yet. But, it's but crazy, yo, people were literally on thing. Twitter and IG like, yo, Nipsey just got shot like 30 seconds ago. Damn. <laughs> the first thing you were. did was get on your phone were. like, go help the brother. Do something. Listen, man, it's, it's, it's one of these things where um, it is a sign of the times, man, but it also goes, goes to show you how when you're selfless and you and you try to help other people that you know what your legacy will be because people also feel like the need to praise St. Nip because of, you know, um, him being selfless in certain ways. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's crazy. It happens with everybody. You hear stories in the Tupac saying, well, Tupac looked out for this person and that person. That's what matters at the end of the day. So salute St. Nip. I know a lot of cats are going to run rock with him online. Um, I wonder what his ratings, his ratings look like. 
is I 90. Feel like, I feel like the two is 90. He's one of the best players in the league. <laughs> he better than Ben Simmons. I feel like the I feel like the Nipsey and Tupac comparisons are uh, are unfair and unfounded because Nipsey did so much more. I feel like he did so much more than than Pop. Like actual activity, actual you know getting things done. Man, Tupac talked a lot. He said a lot. He he he, you know. You know what, though, I, I just, he, he, Tupac actually said on, that one day, though. Pac was like, yeah, because somebody asked him, like, what, what are you going to do? He's like, Taco. Pac was like, yo, I just, you know what I'm saying? The stuff that I say can wake people up to go do blah, blah, blah. So he kind of admitted that. Like, yo, I'm just here to wake people yeah, up. Pac, Pac, like, he Pac went out said, there to, to do the work. Right. <laughs> he said, Pac I'm going to spark kinda... But also, Pac, that's the crazy part about Pac. And that's not me defending him. I'm just saying he said it. No, 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 no. Pac did say that. Pac said he, he said that he's going to spark the mind that will make sense. He did say that. That's one of his most famous quotes. But also, I don't know. That mind might have been Nipsey. For real, for real. Nipsey. I mean, yeah. Pac, Pac actually, yeah, listen, man. Pac walks and Nipsey can run. That's absolutely true because he was inspired by Pac. But also, the thing about Pac, which is why a lot of the conspiracies happened, there was a phone conversation that was taped. It was him and, um, uh, the, I forgot, the, the boy monster Cody. He had a long phone conversation that was taped. And Pac, and it's on YouTube, so you got, the people don't look at it. Look up Monster Cody phone conversation with Tupac. And he talks about these plans and everything he was getting ready to implement, which happened literally like a week or two before he died. And he talked about some of these things. That's what, that's what, that's what makes it crazy. And he had a whole plan about, like, listen, I'm meeting with these people. I'm getting them out. I'm setting up a little league football. Like, he had all kinds of things that he had planned. You can have time for that. You know, be like, get your ass in the studio. You owe me three more hours. <laughs> so then, then, you know, you know. Anyway, not, I'll bang you and just take all them songs that you was working on that you never so put I, out. I, I, I get, I get the comparison because the one thing that Pac had and Nip had was a love for their people, and that can't be denied, and that, and that's why like people fought them the way they do because they, they openly, they openly talked about loving themselves and loving their people, and you know a lot of cats suffer from self hate, but we're going way off in a tangent. It's NBA live. Yeah. Forget what Jimmy talking about. Nip got game. He nice. Yeah, yeah. Salute Nip. Salute the Toyota robot, man. But Dev, give some birthday shout-outs real quick. No doubt. And the birthdays are not brought to you by anybody. So if you got a small company and you want to sponsor a segment on our show, hit us up. (laughs) Just go to our website, warroomsports.com. All right. Birthday shout-outs. Michael Bradley. Of Villanova fame. He made it to the league, did nothing. Um, he turns 40. Uh, Derek Brooks, one of B. Austin's favorite middle linebackers of all time. He turns 46 years old. Another NFL linebacker, Wilbur Marshall, turns 55. One of the homies, Jimmy, from the 93 Phillies team that's beloved more than any team in the history of Philadelphia, even though they didn't even win the World Series. Jim Eisenreich is 58 years old. That makes me feel older than dirt. <laughs> and one of our favorite people, <laughs> one of our favorite things that we like to run, Nate Tiny Archibald. He turns Love Archibald. years old. He was the AI before AI. Just a little bit taller. But shout out to all of these uh, folks on their birthdays. Salute from the war room. It's my birthday. Yay! Yeah. Now, running a archibald, 
It's a little ironic that he turned 69. I wasn't really in there 69 with Archibald. <laughs> I, 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 did that. I didn't even peep that. I didn't even peep that. If you Man. know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Last time that I checked. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I can check out the website, worldwomensports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of these playoff series in the NBA that we're about to yap about, dial us at the Digital Extreme oh, Tech no. Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. La Costa Nostra. It's time to talk about this thing of ours. And the NBA Wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. You or your business need a custom website. Well, here's what you do. And, again, I said custom website. Visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and tell them War Room Sports Center and get you a custom website and get the hookup once you mention us because that's what happens when you mention us. You get the hookup. But it's time to talk about this team of ours. That might even point you in the direction of an Archibald. Yo, the Milwaukee Bucks are playing the Detroit Basketball Pistons, um, and it's too old now. Um, Freak is punching on people, and pretty viciously. What Yo, do you guys this, think about this series thus far? First of all, this series, first of all, it's a shame. Um not that I thought Detroit had any shot in this anyway, but any shot that they did have to make it competitive is gone in the way of Blake Griffin's knee. Um, Blake Griffin, we talked about him recently because so quietly he's had one of the better seasons. A great season. Yeah. You know, that, that we've seen in a while. And we were sitting here talking last week. I don't remember if it was on air or off air, Jim. We were talking about whether or not he deserves maybe that third team all NBA not in front of LeBron James this year. Now yeah, we, you know, he gets this far and he can't even help his team out in the playoffs. So the Bucks is just going, you know, defecate all over the Pistons. And it's a shame because they would think they could have maybe gotten one or two games with a healthy Blake Griffin the way that he was playing this season, but uh, <clears throat> nothing they can do with the Bucks right now. And, you know, as they're currently yeah. constituted. When Drummond is your best player, it's pretty much a wrap, man. When, when Drummond, Drummond is your best player, you want to take a <laughs> when Drummond is your best player, you want to take a drubbing. And all I know is <laughs> you realize you realize that the Bucks night. and the Bucks and the Freak are gonna run an Archer ball on you. Yeah. Yo, it, you know, so, the board, so, so. the board, uh, Giannis. Man, last night I don't know if y'all saw that dunk yet last night, but uh. It was man, similar to the one he had against Ben Ben Simmons, and and you know Thon Maker is his man. They used to play together. I hear they're real close yeah. friends. But he treated him like a baby last night. Thon is young boy. Yeah, because then yeah, he blocked he his shot. That, 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 could, yeah, that ruined our, that our friendship. If somebody dunk on me like that, like we used to be cool, because <laughs> he disrespected boy or something. But anyway, man. My question is, when did Giannis get so strong? Like, this dude really They they said that's one of the things he kept working on is his strength. Because if you look at his first couple of seasons, he was a beanpole. And, I mean, the one thing you can say about this kid is that he takes this crash serious. Like, hard work and dedication. He's one of these guys that comes back. Yeah, he comes back every year better. 
Yeah, he he's went to visit Mamba. He went to Mamba Land to watch him, like you know, some videos and cartoons and stuff. And he takes his craft serious. Um, he went to visit Barry Bonds too, see if he had something in the stash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he definitely strong as he just be like posting cats up, and it's like, yo, know, he takes two steps from like half court, and he's dunking on somebody. It's unreal. And yeah. the crazy part is he don't he don't have no jump shot, but then nobody care. Anyway, um, nah. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Dude. Anyway, man. Woo! You see that dunk? The Raptors, the Raptors and the Magic, right? So this is the the the, the two and the seven series. The Magic actually shocked everybody and got a game thus far. Um, probably because Kyle Lowry had a donut in game one. But um, I don't know if you remember this. Is, this is the only series that I called as a sweep. I thought that I thought the Raptors were going to sweep them. I didn't like pan- getting panic mode. I mean, I didn't care. I would rather the Magic win, but but as far as the pick goes, like I didn't get in, you know, panic mode when the Magic won one. I mean, it's NBA playoffs. You know, they all grown men. They they gonna get a game, but the cream is gonna rise to the top in this series. And then the second game, they dismantled the Magic and made it look rather easy. Um, yeah, man, yeah, man, um, mute, man. He he brought out the whole arsenal in, in that particular Yo, game. Yeah, I've never seen him ball, and then Kyle Lowry bounced back from his donut. Yo, he got beat down twenty-five to nothing by a, a journeyman backup point guard. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Augustine. But you Yo, know Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is good to lay an egg every once in a while. See, but that's the thing. What's his excuse though? He's not a second-year player. So Ben, you know Ben Simmons has had you know couple of bad games against Boston, one really bad game, and then a pretty bad game in game one versus the Nets. And people talk like he's a nine-year veteran who's a superstar, an all-NBA player that just can't get it done in the playoffs. You know, it's his second time around, and he was thrown right into the fire. What's Kyle Lowry's Yo, excuse? All, and this is the same Kyle Lowry gym that I'm people were saying, y'all should sign, y'all should give him the max. You know, all I'm saying is Mute came out that next game with a, with a book bag like the equalizer, and he was putting all kinds of work in. Like he was killing them cats. I'm like, salute the Mute yeah. because he's one of them guys. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, damn. I, I feel like I forget after each game. Like, yeah, he good. He all right. He all right. And then I watch him yeah. playing. Like, Yo, know, it, it's hard for me to still put him in that um, upper echelon where he belongs. He's earned it. I don't know what and it you is. Look at it him. is it's like how, how reserved his game is. It is how reserved his person his personality is. Like you don't like you look at a game like that and you're like, yo, this dude has everything. He was running off screens, he was off pin downs, he was taking people off the dribble. He was everything. catching shooting, he was posting up. I'm like, yo, he like this dude can yo, score in he every does way. Everything. You don't think of mute on when you think of sides, offensive yo, on Sides of the floor, he does everything. He does. He's the most right. well-rounded player in the entire league. Like the ball. Right, you think of professional scores. You think of like Harden. Uh, you, you think of KD. You even think of Lou Williams. But yo, you don't think of mute. But then when you look, if you're really looking, this dude has everything. And I'm like, yo, where did and he plays defense better than all of those guys? <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Like he literally has everything in, in my Kanye voice, man. Everything. Anyway, um, 
shout out to Kanye and us. But yo, it, it's crazy because like I literally forget after every game, I watch and be like, yo, this dude is amazing, he's a top five player. And then I watch it, I, I consistently shocks me with his play because for some reason, I don't know why I just have a, a hard time holding him up to where he should. Be. So you're saying you watch him play and you be like, yo, he top five. And then you don't watch him play for a week and somebody asks you about your top five and you don't name him. <laughs> it's just, exactly. It's weird like that. Yeah. So every time I watch him, I'm like, yo, he the best player in the league. Like sometimes I'm like, yo, he the best player in the league. And then like I don't, then that, a day later, I'm like, yo, he all right. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, man, um, let's talk about the Sixers and the Nets. We talked a little bit about that. They're tied at one apiece. Um, Nets got the first game. Sixers came back and, you know, ran an Archibald um, on them and got them out of here. But, um, yo, Joel, game one, everybody was in panic, panic mode, game one. And it was bad that, like, game one, it always looked like it was one of those games where, you know, the Sixers would get down big. They'd make a run. They get it close. Like they got it down to two at one point, but they could never get over that hump. Usually usually it was like they get it down to six. The Nets were going a little run. And they got it down to two. Nets went on a run. And I feel that they wasted one of the better games from Jimmy Butler because you saw the the, the aggressive Jimmy that you look for more so than Jess. I mean, because you always you not always, but you oftentimes see that Jimmy in the fourth quarter when they need it. But this was aggressive Jimmy from start to finish. 36 points, hype, you know, get an and one, scream. Like, you know, Jimmy that you haven't seen that much in Philly. And and they waste that because Joe Allen B wanted to launch three-pointers. It was just one of those games where you're like, yo, y'all, y'all not even – the effort just didn't seem there. It seemed like they kind of took the Nets. They didn't take them seriously, which I wouldn't understand because the Nets gave this team – problems in the regular season as is. So I think they thought they were just going to walk out there and grab one and the Nets, you know, gave them the business. Now in game two, they kind of started off the same way, but when the Nets weren't scoring in, in game one, the Sixers could have gotten some cushion in the beginning of the game, but they weren't taking advantage of the Nets not making shots. This time around, the Sixers came out hot, but the Nets stuck around because these dudes shoot three pointers like it's layups like it's going out of style so they stayed in the game made a game that looked like the Sixers were dominating a one-point game at the half and then did y'all hear about the the Brett Brown halftime locker room shenanigans um according to the team Brett Brown who's usually a reserve nice guy probably too nice for his own good they said he walked in there cussed them out lit a fire on them People like Jimmy Jimmy Butler kind of turned him on. His, <laughs> he was getting goosebumps. He got, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> Jimmy got Jimmy got moist while Bo was cursing him out. Um, Yo, he gave a he gave a Mel Gibson Braveheart speech. Right. So what do you so what do you do now, Jimmy and B? Like you've done that already. Like that can't be. That's one of those things where, all right, every time they're not playing well, he's gonna go in here and, and rip them a new one. Like, it's going to get old. It's not going to have the same effect. So if, if that one curse out doesn't last them, at least throughout the rest of the series, let alone throughout the rest of the playoffs, like, what do you do now to get through to these guys? Because the Sixers seem like that kind of team, so talented, but they need a kick in the ass. They're too talented to, to need yeah. a kick in the ass to go out there and kick somebody's ass, but it seems like they need that. So so what do they do oh, now? Yeah. They come out the same way. 
Yeah, they say Pat Riley was a master, like a master motivator. He could like draw and like do random stuff to get his team up, like hide money, all kinds of weird stuff. If you read the stories about Pat Riley, him and Phil Jackson were the two best guys at uh, unconventional motivation. Yo, Phil, Phil, Jackson, uh, Phil Jackson will put a picture of your mom up there and say, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phil Jackson was here your best game ever and they go in the media and call you trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> call you uncoachable. Yo, you just won five tips for you. <laughs> you uncoachable. Yo, and then come back and coach so you again. So what do you get mad? You get mad, try wrong. Very good. You get mad, try prove wrong by by scoring 81. Many, but anyway. Many um, shooting guards better than Kobe Bryant. Many. Yo, what's wrong with <laughs> Kobe was all right tonight. I mean, you know, but there's so many better guards in him that he has to try to play at that level. Many, many, but many anyway, better guards. Phil left the Lakers, wrote a book, called Kobe all kind of petulant children, and it came back and coached him again because it motivated him. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Yeah. Wrong with Phil, man. So uh, uh, Brett, Brett got to, like, pull some tricks out of his bag because that's the problem you see. It's kind of the gift and the curse, right? So you have a young team that has ran off two straight years in a row. But now you have a young team that's run 50 games off, so you really can't tell them nothing because they start to think it's easy. Can't nobody tell and me nothing. Hank was pointing out. Hank was telling me, I was talking about how, um, you know, Ben's biggest is one weakness is his jump shot. He was like, he also just looks times and like just goes through slumps yeah. where he's just not into the game, and you know that's like it's too easy. He's bored. That's why we have two names for him. Like we like in the beginning of the game when aggressive Ben shows up. We don't like nonchalant Ben Simmons. Like no, we need we need that. We don't like we don't like Kardashian Ben. We like Scavi said Brett Brown can go all any given Sunday, pretend you're at home, <laughs> and go to the trash can. Remember he was talking to to Jamie. Pretend you're back on the block. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Go remember, to the viewers. Remember, <laughs> y'all, remember like, Ray Ro- y'all remember Ray Rose got in trouble when they um, filmed him trying to give a speech to hype the team up? And he was like, those cowboys out there, they raping your wife. They raping your yeah. children. He took it too far. <laughs> y'all remember that? Right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember Ray Rose. Yo, like yeah, it's, it's, back, it's back when Ray. It was when Ray Rose coached the Eagles. His ass got in trouble for that because somebody was having to be filming him, and he was trying to get the team. He was like, you know, tell them how the Cowboys want to rape kids and their and their wives. Cowboys took it personally. He can't say that about us. <laughs> Yo, anyways, I don't know what he does, man. Um, but what do you think about like Joe and Ben? They're laughing post game. Like these guys are. Young boys, like I said, is it gets in the curse. So, what do you do with that? Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, because that's what it is. Like, because that's one of the things when Jimmy always when he always reining us in when we talking about the young boys. You're like, y'all know damn well if that was us. I yeah, like if me if we were in a press conference, like we probably have been laughing and acting stupid too. But absolutely. <laughs> The thing that everybody's getting mad about because it happened during an apology for that elbow for that Shaquille O'Neal to Dikembe that um <laughs> that uh Joel gave out to Jared Allen during the game. But I, I think it, it's just like you said earlier, Jimmy, where the media wants to make a bigger deal out of something than it really was. Because Joel actually told us why he was laughing, at least. 
and and no, he he told us why Ben was laughing too because after a while he was like, yeah, he's laughing because I'm usually more humble. Because basically, when he's talking about I apologize, that's when Ben started laughing because Ben knows like, come on, that ain't even how you talk. So I I don't even like, I don't even disbelieve what he said. But even with that explanation, you know, everybody wanted to take it all. They being disrespectful, they laughing about the elbow and this and that. Jalen, I heard Jalen Rose say, "Yeah, um, you know, I don't like how they laughing, and that elbow could have been a fatal blow." I'm like, "Oh God, now you're gonna kill the dude with the elbow." Like, y'all just sensationalized everything. It could have been a fatal blow. Come on, Jalen. <laughs> no. If the Kimbe ain't dead, the Rudy Tom ain't nobody dying. Because the Kimbe should have died four yo, times said, in the yeah, finals in 2000. How many days since the NBA has been drama? Like, yo, drama free, like zero. <laughs> anyway, yo, man. he said a fatal um, blow. That's <laughs> joke to kill him. <laughs> yo, Come on, yo, Joel tried to catch your body. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Celtics yo, have paid slump skinny ball though. Afro the bounced away. Two zero. Yo, it's, it's funny how the Celtics lead 2-0, right? And the Patriots have these last the game. But somehow, me watching this series, I'm still impressed with the Patriots because they shouldn't even be in these games. Like They shouldn't be in the playoffs. I look at the Patriots roster and wonder how do they play this stuff. Yeah, how are they in the playoffs? How do they play this stuff when they got, like, yo, they got a, a, a team from Gus and Lake out there? <laughs> I just want to know the where they're going to mob. How you just said they have, like – like, they'll play tough the whole game, but they'll have one quarter where they lapse. And then, you know, Kyrie takes over and does his thing. It's like, no. that's kind of what you expect because when they're, like you said, when they're playing that well, you're questioning to yourself, yo, how are they playing that well? And there's no way they can keep this up. And then you end up being right because they can't keep it up. Yeah. And then, you know, you're feeling sorry for them at the end of the game because, like, yo, they played tough. Like, they're not NBA yo, cats. Kyrie we treat has- them like <laughs> – Yo, Kyrie was Byrie, murdered. Byrie, and salute the blood. Byrie has um like stretches in games where he looks like the best point guard ever. Like he just he he goes through stretches where it's like, yo, this boy is nasty. And he then he goes like through stretches where he don't do nothing. Three point nine. <laughs> yes, he does. Yo, that's exactly. He looked like Isaiah Thomas mixed with Mark Price mixed with Strickland. <laughs> Yo, the ball, the ball go through he like, everything. Yo, he's every great point guard ever. Well, shout out to the Pacers, y'all tried, but it's gonna be hard yeah, for them to even get it. one. Um, um, the Warriors. Uh, so in the Western Conference, the number one to see Warriors are playing the Clippers is actually one-one. So this and Beverly has been like the story. Outside of Cousins going down and missing the rest of the playoffs. Story of this uh, series so far has been Patrick Beverly, um, who's gotten under Katie's skin, bothered Katie ungodly, had him ejected in the first game, um, you know, had him commit nine turnovers the second game, a game in which the Warriors were up by and like, and didn't end up losing. Yeah, Katie took eight shots and had nine turnovers in the game. I mean, you can kind of like they were. He he even explained it. Like I I learned a lot from the from Katie's um press conference and it's because he wasn't being all standoffish to the media. He actually talked and explained some things and what he said kind of made sense. Um, I still need to see him go out there and prove that Patrick Beverly isn't in his head though. Cause dude is a pest and he will get under your skin. If you got thin skin and we know 
he has a history of having thin skin. But as far as the shots go, the like finish. that's understandable because he was like, you know, we were up 30 points. There really was no reason for him to be out there jacking. But at some point when they're, you know, chopping this lead down, it's time to go out there and hold him back. Like you can't, he said he had yeah. five shots when they were up 31 points. All right. I feel you on that. You ended with eight though. And they came back from a 31 point deficit and beat you. So that's where you go out here's, bucking if you're supposed to be the best player in the league. Here's the thing, though. We don't let that happen. What I found interesting about that interview is that he definitely did open up more than he usually does. But the funny thing is he's always said, I don't mind answering your questions if you're asking me basketball questions. But, and it's kind of proof of it. Like, listen, if you ask him something about the X's and O's of the game, he'll get all into it. He just hates when they well, be like, yo, how you feel about Westbrook doing this? So they ask him all them TMZ type questions. Yeah, I mean, but you can't be out there tweeting with burner accounts and then don't expect to get asked about it. <laughs> you can't give a reason to ask you TMZ questions. Yeah, you're drawing right now. absolutely right about that. But he and shout out to um, very, um, very well. Shout out to Boogie, man, who probably lost another bag getting hurt again. Yeah. It's, it's probably, man, it might Boogie be good for y'all, though, Jim, because he might end break. up in L.A. if he don't find his way back to the Golden State Warriors. He, y'all, you might end, yeah, up, you know, y'all might probably, end up getting him on a discount. Yeah, he gonna end up being hurt every five games, so it don't matter. Um, that's his new, Boogie, that's his Boogie, new twist. Boogie, Boogie turned down a max deal from Sacramento and it ain't been the right since. So, you know, and the, sometimes and that Sacramento team is improving. This year's Sacramento team with Boogie on. probably would have been in the playoffs. Absolutely. Sometimes you gotta get your Devin Booker on to take that bread and say forget winning. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> yo, yeah. after the game two collapsed, the seventy point trade. A big Welvin his went to Twitter and let her hands go. New Earth hashtag New Earth. Yeah, um, and she retweeted. She retweeted a lot of negative stuff about KD. So Welvin coming at KD through his mama. <laughs> yeah, real quick, we gotta run through this. So I just want to give a, a quick update that um you know the Nuggets are tied with the Spurs. Series is boring. Um, the Spurs are bad for basketball because they bore me to death. Um, number three Blazers lead the Thunder two zero. Dame is giving Russ everything that um like he's taking it personal, trying to destroy Russell Well. Uh, the yeah, Rockets. Because I think that's the person he does take most personal. Because Russ was out yeah. there telling him at the foul line, I've been busting that ass for years. And Dame was like, all right. <laughs> Yo, he definitely did say that. They're up on the Jazz two zero. Um, they can't do nothing with Harden. I don't even know what they can do. I have no advice for him because Bull's in the Bull's in the Matrix right now. He's somewhere else. By the, so, by um, the trash. That's uh, is, real man, quick but, before you sign off, Jim. I just gotta let people know. I gotta let the Austin know too. My youngin was right. Everybody thought he was crazy when he said that uh, the Clippers salute, were gonna get a game. He got his game. And he got a five dollar bet on the line that the Nuggets gonna beat the Spurs, so he needs a Nuggets to win. He already betting at seven young years Celtic. old. Mybookie.ag. Tell your Celtic. Yo, you stole up, but I think tell him mybookie.ag for Young Celtic. Anyway, man, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing war room. Shout out everybody in the chat, Facebook, Twitter, however you got through to us, we appreciate it. Those who couldn't get through, my apologies, but you know we had a lot to talk about. Um, listen, keep keep in tune with us all week long through social media. It's right back here next week. We will talk NBA playoffs and lead right up to the NFL draft. So we still enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And, you know, remember, the hub, warroomsports.com. Check everything we do, social media, all of our content, warroomsports.com. 
Get my book, Sports the Book, Facebook.com or at the hub of WorldSports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.